Hello, this is Matt Rubel, and I'd like to welcome you to Retails from the Front Lines, where we take you on an inside journey into exciting things that are happening in the brand and retail world around the country. And so today we have with us in New York City a very colorful and exciting founder and entrepreneur who is as sweet as they get in bringing layers of joy to people (laughs) in the most creative and exciting ways. And that that is Danny Beckerman, who is the founder of, yes, something colorful from your kitchen. It's Jars by Danny, which I'm sitting here wanting to open all (laughs) six of them that are sitting in front of me, which are colorful I would call them parfait-like yes. desserts. A lot um, of people don't get that. Yeah, well, parfait Try. means perfect, yeah. oh, and so these are crafted in, are a perfect, perfect. in a perfect manner. But mm-hmm. it's interesting, Danny, you've created this great, colorful, and interesting way of bringing desserts to people in a crafted manner, which seems so homey. But you actually started and didn't launch in a garage you launched on Instagram. I did, yes. Tell us a little bit about mm-hmm. that. So I was doing a ton of baking at the time. I was actually in culinary school. And I saw the jars in an arts and crafts store. And I thought it would be so pretty if I layered all the brownies and mousses and creams inside the jars. So I did that. I made them for friends. I put them up on Instagram and instantaneously I had people reaching out to try and purchase them after one Instagram post. Oh, that's great. So it was just kind of like, hey, I did this and this is fun. You weren't really selling them. No. So it was just your kind of your DIY moment brought together crafting and cooking all in one. Exactly. And and so you hit on a nerve. So what did you do? I mean, did you just say, oh, that's really nice? <laughs> or did you instantly like have dollar signs jumping above your head, not gingerbread cookies? <laughs> no, I, I said yes immediately. I mean, I have zero business background. I actually always wanted to go to medical school. So all I knew about business was that I had to sell the jars for more than I was making them for. So I said yes to the girl. I calculated how much it would cost me to make a batch for her, and then that's how how much I sold them for her, plus a few dollars. (laughs) That's great. And so so when did you realize that you know, Instagram could be your store and how you would use technology to kind of bring your creativity to life? I mean, it happened immediately. So I I realized it immediately. I mean, I put them up on Instagram and instantaneously I had someone trying to purchase them. And then she posted them on Instagram and then her friends saw them and then their friends saw them and the chain went on. And every single time I hand deliver them to people, I would tell them, please post it on Instagram. And they would. And that's just how the word got out about them. And, and so did you come up with the name Jars by Danny? I mean, just like right away? Is that what it was? Or it, that, what did they know what to say or like call this, you know, person? It, it happened pretty quickly. The Instagram originally was actually under my name and it was under my name for a while. I tried brainstorming a bunch of names, but then I decided that I wanted my name to be in the company name. I wanted to brand myself along with the jars. I didn't want people just to want desserts in jars. I wanted them to want desserts in jars by Danny. So you create this demand and you're an aspiring med school student going to culinary school who now has found something that is interesting that that works. How do you scale it and how do you all of a sudden realize, oh, I'm going to 
I'm going to change and take advantage of this. I mean, what were the what were the kind of epiphany moments that that happened, and and how did you build it out and get people to help you doing that? Yeah, so I actually, I mean, scaling is always an issue. It's a this product is it's handmade. It's hard to make, so I'm constantly trying to find ways to make them quicker um, and more efficiently. But right off the bat, I had more demand than I could fill. So me getting from being able to fill that from not being able to fill that demand to getting to fill that demand was my my main focus. So I actually used Instagram yet again to find people to work for me. I said, I need help. And I actually got a ton of people reaching out who want to work for me. So I found one person who actually still works for me today. She's amazing. So she was helping me. She was my everything person. I mean, we were at this point, we were still making the jars in my apartment. So she was helping make them, deliver them, any little thing that I needed. She was like just another set of hands. Then I finally found a commercial kitchen about eight months after that first Instagram post in Lower Manhattan. We moved there, which was really exciting because that was really a first major step in being able to scale. I mean, I was making them out of my fifth floor walk-up Upper West Side apartment with a kitchen that is smaller than this table. There were jars on the floor. My entire apartment looked like a warehouse. It was insanity. So we found the kitchen space, and then I reached out to a culinary school, and I said, do you need externships for your students? All culinary students have to do an externship where they work at a some sort of food company. So I had about four or five bakers working for me as their externship, and then I ended up hiring a bunch of them as well after their externships. So you have, I don't know, I was counting the number of layers that you have in a jar. It looks like eight or ten. Yes. You know, different <laughs> layers of flavors that mm-hmm. you add to a jar. So when you go to sell these, I mean, when we talk about kind of the aesthetic appeal of it mm-hmm. and the ability to personalize it as well, is it color that sells or is it flavors and taste? It's both. It's both. I mean, with Instagram, everyone's looking that something for something that's aesthetically pleasing. So they want something that looks like it tastes delicious and they also want something that pops out of them and is colorful and this has both. So off of this, how did you come up with your first recipes? I mean, was this something from culinary school or did you just take leftover ingredients around the house? I mean, what was it that kind of created the first, you know, recipe and what was your first flavor? Definitely a combination of both. I was doing a ton of experimental baking on my own in my apartment. Loved coming up with new recipes. In culinary school, we had been focusing a lot on mousses, which I loved. So my first jar was a mousse jar and most of them still are mousse jars now. So it's, it was fudge brownie, chocolate mousse, sprinkles, and whipped cream. And just together, they are the most perfect, delicious texture. <laughs> uh, that's, uh, I, I'm thinking I got to open yeah, one of these any, any minute right now to, to try it out. And so are you still in the commercial kitchen that we talked about, or have you moved beyond that as well? We have moved beyond that. So we were, on a, we were in a commercial space on 14th and 6th. I was there for about three years. And then last year, I built a new facility in Long Island City. We were bursting at the seams. You could not move. We used to have, it was a kitchen area, and then I had an office area. And we had this like little cute area where I would throw parties. But by the end, we had filled it completely with freezers and boxes and jars, and you just could not move in there. So a lot better now with a lot more space. That's great. So so you started off with kind of, I call it today's visual garage, which is Instagram, mm-hmm. best way to communicate quick, easy ideas. But in building a business, you obviously have to create great product, which you have talked about. But 
But then you want to get to know your customers and mm-hmm. get to know them again and again. Have you started to embrace technology behind the scenes too, not just visually, so that you know who your customers are and can go back and talk to them again? Or is it really just something that you're just going to keep posting great ideas mm-hmm. and, and, and then see what happens? So definitely try and get a, a little customer data. I use Shopify, which actually has great analytics. We send a ton of emails. We send a ton of surveys to see what our customer wants, who our customer is, their age. Instagram actually allows you to see a lot of that as well. So I know that a ton of my followers are New York-based. They're women. They're 24 to 35 years old, which is me. So <laughs> so, so let's talk about them. that. So the mm-hmm. analytics of the business. So you're an entrepreneur. You're starting up your own business. It's kind mm-hmm. of ground up. You don't have like a huge tech department no. or something like that. How do, you, how do you use an Instagram, mm-hmm. not just from the standpoint of they distribute your ideas for you because you post them and people follow it, but, but also how, what tools do they have that you can use, that others could use in other businesses and starting up? What mm-hmm. did you find? So I love being able to see who my customer is and who is following me. So like I just said, it's a it's majority is, is female. I think it's 85% female, ages 24 to 35. And a huge part of my brand and something that I use Instagram for and I love Instagram for is to, I'm not just a, a dessert brand on Instagram. I don't just post food porn pictures. A whole other side of my Instagram personality is that I am showing the behind the scenes story of a female entrepreneur in New York City building her own business. So when people ask me advice on how to use Instagram, I always say, show the behind the scenes, show how you're building what you're doing, go out and post about the day you got your LLC and what's going on behind the scenes and how you're, how you're building it. Because I think people want to see that. And that's something that is so unique about Instagram. I was thinking about it. I mean, businesses, you know, six years ago before Instagram really took off as the business tool it is now, you didn't really know so much about the the founders and the CEOs of these companies. They really lived in the about pages of the websites. And now you can just have so much more insight into different companies. I always tell people that ask me to really utilize that aspect of it. So your story is not just the product stories themselves and how you create each flavor, but your story is about how you've created Jars by Danny exactly. as, a, as a company. You can and, scroll through my Instagram from the beginning, and it, it tells a story. You know, when I, my, from my very first post to moving to a new kitchen to some of the events I started doing to the publicity I was getting and to really just the growth of a company over the last five and a half years. And so it really makes kind of a, a almost turns a, an idea that can be national into a local idea into your friend. And so have you it had... It creates a loyal customer, I think. People don't want just desserts. They want something by me because they know all the effort I've put into it and they feel connected to me and they love to see my growth. So does that mean that you've got this great art meets food in a, in a fun, whimsical way? Mm-hmm. Is perfecting more desserts and more flavors, the primary goal, or do you see something going beyond desserts? So I I have reached a little bit beyond desserts. I do try and be a voice for female entrepreneurs. I do a ton of these podcasts. I speak on a lot of panels about being a female entrepreneur. I'm a spokesperson for some companies, for Home Goods, Microsoft. So I have taken it to that level, but I, I do want to stay in the food industry. I've learned so much. I'm definitely not done. 
yet. I see I see a few more products in my future. So it's great. So you're an entrepreneur. What's the difference if, from your experience mm-hmm. in being a female entrepreneur versus just being an entrepreneur? Oh, so many things. I love being a female entrepreneur, especially right now. I mean, there is such a band of women and there's such a movement in the last few years that people have made to really to come together and to work together. I mean, when I started five and a half years, there definitely are not the resources that there are now. I mean, I'm part of a ton of uh, female founders collectives and groups where everyone gives each other advice and we can all learn from each other and support each other and collaborate together. So forums of support. So as being an entrepreneur who is female, you when you started, there weren't as many places for you to go for help. And today there's a ton. A ton. And so you're able to both go for help, but also now provide help to others having gone on on your journey. What was your biggest aha hiccup moment in scaling your business and bringing it out that was that like tough moment that you had to get across and get across the goal line in a different way? I mean, there's been countless (laughs) hiccups, all that I've learned from. I mean, scaling was a massive thing with this product. It is not the easiest product to make. As you can see, they are perfectly layered and I really did not want to compromise that because that really differentiates it from anything that's actually on the market right now. You could there's nothing like this that looks like this out there. So really just figuring out efficiencies and trying to make them as quickly as possible and getting labor costs down, that's always been hard. And I'm so still figuring that out. Are are you able to sell these only online or do you also sell them into stores and then let stores sell them too? So I've actually I've experimented a lot with the company. I had a fairly large, I mean large for me, wholesale leg of my business. I was in about a hundred other retailers through self-distribution, which was, it was unbelievable for marketing. So many people learned about my product that way. But I recently actually pulled in from that to focus on direct to consumer through e-commerce, which is really the way I always wanted to go. I've also experimented with brick and mortar retail, never like full on brick and mortar. I never really wanted to invest the money in that, but pop-ups. I popped up everywhere. I had a pop-up in Soho that was supposed to be open for a month. We were open for a little under two years. And it was amazing. And I loved being able to have my customers actually come into a space and see the jars and feel the jars and be able to feel the branding. I decided in the last few months to really focus on the direct-to-consumer e-commerce route. Now, I'm feeling the jars and some Mm -hmm. of them are very cold. Now, is this that some of the product has to be refrigerated as well? It all has to be refrigerated. And, And so in refrigerating a product, Shipping it overnight and mm-hmm. you know getting it into people's hands. What were what were the biggest challenges that you had with that, and making sure that food safety and yeah. you know not only is this creative and like oh my god mm-hmm. amazing to eat, but safe to eat too. What what yeah. did you have to do that made that tough? So I've done a ton of testing to see what temperatures they need to stay at to stay good for how long. A lot of experimenting with thermometers and boxes and making sure they stay the correct temperature with the ice packs. But I actually started shipping fairly quickly out of my apartment still. It had only been a couple of months. And Diane von Furstenberg, the designer, saw the jars, loved them, and wanted me to start shipping them all over the country for her. So I had to figure that out really, really quickly. It forced me to. And I was still in my fifth floor walk of apartment on the Upper West Side, going up and down the stairs a million times to bring the jars to FedEx, where I was getting like just ice packs from like Bed Bath & Beyond and stuffing them in the boxes. And it was just a crazy time. (laughs) 
I actually had someone from FedEx reach out to me recently that worked in one of those stores and said, I was one of the people that helped you package those jars five years ago. Amazing to see how far you've come. It's so cool to watch you grow, which is, that was a really fun message to get. That's great. And yeah. so, but in the jars themselves right now, you're mm-hmm. primarily doing sweet things. Yes. Will you do savory? No, I don't think so. So it's yeah. going to stay in the sweet in the sweet in the category. dessert. Yeah, this is this is something that's fun. It's indulgent. It's delicious. It makes you happy. Um, and I want I want to s- stick in that dessert world. Not that I don't love savory things. Savory things are delicious too. <laughs> right. So so I'm looking at these different layers, and I'm wondering: can you can a customer design their own? I don't do design your own. I, I do believe I know best when it comes to the flavors, <laughs> but we do do custom lids. So we can do corporate logos, we do photos, we do a ton of weddings and bridal showers and customize logos to their colors and everything. And we do actually do custom colors within the jars, but we stick with our flavors. So do you have any partners? I don't. Did you ever like have that moment of insecurity where you said, I really need to think about having a partner? Or was this just cash flowing from day one and you knew you could handle it. I, I did have friends and family that helped out. So I do have partners in that sense. And then I've just, something I also always try and advise people to do is that someone advised me to do in the very beginning that I did not listen to right away is to form an advisory board full of people that you really trust that have nothing to gain or to lose from you. You trust their expertise And to surround yourself with those people and to actually form an advisory board of people that you can go to with questions that you have. So what were some of the skills that you looked for in forming that advisory board? People that have been in the food world, people that have been in the business world and in the restaurant world, in the finance world, because that's, I mean, my forte was, I was the, the flavor and the creative. I can do that. And I'm also the PR and the marketing. But like I said before, I've never taken a business class before. So anyone that's had any formal training in that. <laughs> so Danny, you have done some amazing creative things here. And, you know, we can go to Instagram. We can learn all about you. Yes, you can. And learn about Jars by Danny. But what do we not know? Like if we go online and we go and we find out all this stuff, what wouldn't be on Instagram or Google that we should learn about you? Something really interesting compared to this, because I am a dessert person. I actually am a very healthy person. <laughs> so that's that's different. I don't promote that as much. Exercise is really important and balanced to me, which is actually perfect for the jars because they last in the refrigerator for two to three weeks and in the freezer for six months. So I do actually promote opening up the jar, taking a bite, putting the cat back on, sticking it back in the fridge, like that healthy lifestyle which I actually should promote more on the Instagram. <laughs> so a healthy lifestyle running up and down those stairs in the brownstone I miss initially. Those stairs, yeah. <laughs> well, we'll have to get you five five flights yes. of stairs to run up and down. <laughs> but, you know, going back further, what kind of unlocked creativity for you early in your life that we wouldn't know about or a sense of independence just to take advantage of opportunities that present themselves anything mm-hmm. that Well, so I actually lied when I said I had no business experience. I started a swim instructor business. When I was 14 years old, I was fully booked from March. You could not get in with me. And I I had a thriving swim lesson business for like four or five years. And did you swim? (laughs) Thriving. Yes, I did swim. What were your strokes? (laughs) Uh, Breaststroke. 
That's, <laughs> that's great. Well, the sweet layers that we've unlocked with you on this morning, we have Danny Beckerman, who is here with us, who has, via Instagram and her own visual garage, created Jars by Danny, which are now selling in the millions of dollars and doing incredibly well with how many flavors? 11. With 11 flavors. And this is Retails from the Frontline, where we bring you in on new and emerging ideas. Here you see craft meets creativity and food, a little bit of food porn done with dessert <laughs> in an exciting way. So, Danny, thank you very much for being with you. I'm Matt Rubel, and this is Retails from the Frontline. Line. 